Oh, be still my paranormal beating heart. This is Johnny from the Fringe Radio Network, fringeradionetwork.com, and you are listening to Paranormal Heart with your host, Cat Ward. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Happy New Year. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful and safe holiday season. I have a great episode for you tonight. I'm joined by 222 Paranormal Podcast host, Joe Shortridge. Joe and his sister, Jen, have been interested in all things paranormal since their childhood. The brother and sister duo launched 222 Paranormal Podcast in June of 2016, where they discuss personal experiences, news from the paranormal world, and interview special guests including psychics, mediums, ghost hunters, and everyday people with true supernatural stories. Joe and I covered a lot of paranormal topics in this episode, including ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, FringeRadioNetwork.com, or any place you find fine podcasts. Well, the results are in for the contest. A huge congratulations to Gary L. from Manitoba. I hope you like your Paranormal Heart Podcast hoodie, and that'll keep you nice and warm. Here's Gary's story he submitted. My name is Gary. I worked as a mental health nurse for 35 years. I worked at a large facility in southern Manitoba, Canada. In 1980, I began training as a nurse. This facility housed over 1,000 residents at the time. I started school in September 1980 and arrived in nurse's residence to meet fellow students and receive my room for the next two years. The building was three stories, had a basement and first and second floors. It was brick and probably built in in the 1950s. The building faced west and the north and south ends turned east for 30 yards. Two house ladies, or housekeepers, escorted me to my room. My room was on the northeast side, between the washroom and the stairway fire escape. When the housekeeper opened the door, I was hit with a blast of cold air. The housekeeper continued through the door to the window, which was five foot off the floor, and had vertical sliders. She grabbed the strings to raise the blind and lost her grip. Those pull-down blinds made quite a noise. From September to December, I had a great time meeting new friends and doing the stuff young people do. Funny thing though, I always felt watched from a spot about nine feet off the floor above the closet. I told several friends and asked them if they had also felt as though they were being watched. They identified the same spot. At 19 years, 
I didn't know anything about this sort of thing and only knew of the stories my Métis Roman Catholic family had told me. So fast forward to December 1980. I had been studying all evening and retired about midnight. The wind was blowing and it was snowing quite hard. It was unusually cold for December, as I remember. I fell asleep very quickly into an unnaturally deep restful sleep. At about 1.30 in the morning, I awoke freezing under the covers of my bed that I had placed on the floor after disposing of the frame. I got up and checked to make sure the window was closed. It was closed. I went to the washroom and ran some hot water to my face so I could warm up. From the hallway, I could hear the two night housekeepers talking in their coffee room, about 15 yards west and around the corner from me. I went back to my room and had a quick smoke, turned off my bedside lamp, and was off to sleep. Again, I fell into another unusually deep, restful sleep. About 3.30 in the morning, I awoke again to a feeling of an intense cold. I jumped up in bed and turned on my, si my bedside light, looked around my room. No reason to be so cold, I thought, though it is an old building. I got up and closed the vent window above the door just in case a breeze was coming from the hallway. I again went to the washroom and ran some hot water to warm up. Back to my room and jumped into bed. Again fell into an unusually deep restful sleep. About 4.30 in the morning I awoke again to freezing under the covers. I went to sit up in bed. Something grabbed me around my neck and stopped me from sitting up. Of course you can imagine the panic of being choked in the dark. Of course, now in recollection, it wasn't choking me, just stopped me from sitting up. It only lasted approximately three seconds before it let go and two seconds for me to find my bedside lamp in the dark. When I turned the light to my surprise, there was no one there. Then in the hallway through, through the door and vent up top, I heard a girl laughing loudly. I jumped up and ran, throwing open the door. Nothing. Even the fire stairway escape door, which closed automatically, was closed. One thing that surprised me was that I wasn't as terrified as I should have been. I did move out of that room within a week, though. After doing some investigation, I found I wasn't the only person in my class who had an experience. A girl on the third floor north hallway had an experience. And funny enough, my best friend Randy lasted two weeks in the suite, southeast of my room, right across from the fire escape door. Randy was so terrified, he never told me what happened in that room. Sadly, Randall passed away in 2005. From what I was able to piece together, the lady's name was Yvonne. She had completed her two years of training in nursing in the early 70s. She lived in my room. Her best friend lived on the third floor, and they used that northeast stairwell fire escape back and forth to visit. Yvonne suffered badly from depression and was under the care of the British psychiatrist who ran our institution for many years. In the end, Yvonne sadly ended her life in another small rural community. Fast forward to the year 2000. At this time, ghost TV shows were all the rage. I did a Google search for Most Haunted Canada. I was a huge fan of the Most Haunted, the British Ghost Chasers. I found a website called Most Haunted Canada. I scrolled down through the provinces and found Manitoba. About three places down I found 1976 Manitoba, third floor, girl in William Scarlet outfit seen momentarily. Then almost exactly 40 years later, I am now retired. I belong to a community Facebook page that posts pictures 
and discusses past events that occurred in our small city. A member requested ghost stories from our community. Many people contributed, including myself. About three days after posting my story, a young lady who said Yvonne was her grandmother messaged me. We spoke over the phone eventually, and she sta stated that she saw her grandmother when she gave birth to her first child. I told her my story and told her that my experience did not feel malevolent and felt like a playful ghost having fun with a male student. What an amazing world we live in. I continue to experience feelings and occasionally get woken from sleep with a loud bang on the wall. Thank you so much, Gary, for submitting your story. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy your Paranormal Heart podcast hoodie. Before we get to the show, here's Paranormal Heart 101 with Jen from Unearthing Shadows Paranormal and her tips and tricks in paranormal investigating. Over to you, Jen. Hi, this is Jennifer, and I am Senior Lead Investigator of Unearthing Shadows Paranormal, and you're listening to Paranormal Heart Podcast with Kat Ward. Welcome to this segment of Paranormal Heart 101. It's really hard for me to pick my favorite piece of paranormal investigative equipment. Uh, it's a toss-up. It's a close call. Um, I really like the spirit box or the ghost box. The reason being, well, first of all, how it works is it sweeps radio frequencies at different speeds. You can go from um, somewhat slower of a speed um, to a faster speed, and it just flips through different radio stations at this frequency. You can go in a forward direction, so it goes from point 0.1 to point 0.2 to point 0.3 of a radio station, or you can go backwards. So, um, and you can choose AM or you can choose FM frequencies. Uh, it's pretty cool. And so the, the idea behind it is it's sweeping these radio stations so quickly um, that maybe you get little glips and blips of, um, of words or sounds from the radio stations. However, uh, you won't be able to hear a solid word from the radio stations themselves because it's, it just sweeps way too quickly for you to get any sort of um, legible sentence out. So the cool thing, what, what it does is um, spirit can take their energy or the, the energy from these devices. They can use this energy and they can, in their own words, in real time, communicate back to us and respond to questions or let us know uh, their message. So, um, and again, we can validate that it's these messages are not coming from radio stations specifically because the um, you can see multiple stations pass by in the period of time that this these messages are coming out. So, one example: I was on an investigation at an old courthouse, and we we had the spirit box going. And we could see that it was sweeping through these radio stations very quickly. And one of the girls on the investigation and her best friend screamed out loud, jumped in the air. Um, and what, what they both had heard simultaneously was this girl's first, middle, and last name being said through the spirit box. Now, this is absolutely impossible that it could happen over a radio station um, in that period that it had said her first, middle, and last name. It had probably swept through, oh, I don't know, 13, 15, 20 radio stations. So, it, you know, you hear this smooth, legible, clear word or words. Um, and then um, 
we had asked spirit to repeat their message and a few moments later again they jumped up and they heard first middle and last name being spoken through the spirit box in spirit's voice so i have to say that is a pretty amazing incredible uh, and validating um, piece of investigative equipment uh, and then paired with that um, some people aren't quite a fan of this but i really am a fan of the ovilus uh, so what the ovilus is is it's a device um, that basically can sort of read the energy or the frequencies in the atmosphere and um, what it does is it basically formulates letters and then when it has a number of letters that are formulated it kind of strings it together into a word so the ovilus you may see these devices but um, an ovilus periodically will just say a word in sort of a robotic voice you know it'll say ocean or ship or drowning and these are some samples of words that we've heard when we were at an investigation at an old maritime museum and we were asking spirit you know what it what had happened to him and and where had he been and things like that and we were getting incredibly validating words that were spoken to us now this isn't in the spirit's voice like the spirit box um, this is just generated it pulls words from a dictionary um, of words that are sort of stored within the, the uh, device um, so you're not hearing spirit's voice per se but you do get clear um, responses because it's coming from a database whereas the spirit box sometimes you you have to repeat ask it to repeat itself um, so um, it's, it's really clear the ovilus so those two together are pretty spectacular for me uh, downside of spirit box is sometimes you just get a lot of white noise and static which is to be expected when you're sweeping through many frequencies but um, and with the ovilus you don't have that um, but again, hearing spirit actual voice come through is pretty spectacular. So really, it's a toss-up. I'm not 100% sure which one's my absolute favorite. I do like to have both on an investigation. And if, they, if both devices can sort of validate what's coming from the other device, even better. I mean, really, truly, it's great when you have two independent devices saying similar things. So I'll take them both. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Paranormal Heart 101, and I hope you have a lovely day. Take care and stay safe. Thanks so much, Jen. Now on to the show with my special guest, Joe Shortridge. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Well, hello there. So I'm glad to be on here finally. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. <laughs> uh, thank you for accepting um, yeah. yeah, we were just discussing how, uh, and it seems to always happen with me too. There's always seems to be some technical issues. Uh, the last couple of times, uh, my internet was intermittent because of storms, and then we did lose power um, because of uh, the storm. Well, it was the tornadoes that you had in the states, but um, mm -hmm. we were lucky that we didn't have tornadoes. But we had quite strong winds and um, freezing rain and rain and snow. It was just, it was horrible. Uh. I'll take that over twisters anytime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to start off by telling us a little about yourself? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no. no, no uh. 
listeners don't know, um, I'm on a podcast with my sister. We do the Two to Two Paranormal podcast. Um, we're in our sixth season. We've got like 280 some shows out, I believe. Nice. And uh, haven't repeated the episode yet. Haven't repeated the topic yet. I think we're going to have to because we really do need to go back and look at some of the earlier shows because they're so good. And now that we know a little more than what we did then, I think we should re revisit them and make new shows out of them because obviously they'd be a lot better now. And plus our voices are a lot better. <laughs> some of the first shows are like, hi. You know? <laughs> it's funny how and, we uh, seem to get more confidence as we go along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The... Um, how we got started in the show is I was always into UFOs and space, which I still am. And my sister was into the ghost hunting stuff. And I didn't really put into the ghost hunting or that aspect of it until I had an episode, an after death episode with my best friend, Jackie. Um, she, I got a call one night, found out she was on life support and uh, drove out to the hospital. I was a wreck. Drove out there, saw her. Then the next day I had to work. So, you know, me, I'm like, oh, I got to go home so I go to work. So I drove the two hours back. And while I'm at work, I'm like total wreck because, you know, my best friend, we were pretty much psychic friends. I mean, it was to the point where we would call each other on the phone and, you know, her phone would be busy because she's calling me, that type of thing. That's awesome. And um, one, of the, one of the funny things is we... I was at my house and Jackie was in Florida with their parents and all of a sudden I noticed MTV's on the air. I'm like, MTV, you know, and if some of your listeners may not know MTV actually used to play music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I kept calling her and her phone was always busy. And finally I gave up and it, my phone rang and it was her going, MTV. You know? no. <laughs> so we were, we were like that. We were psychic friends. And uh, the next day when I was at work, I got a phone call. And then her sister said that they were going to take her off life support. And she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't make it. So we were taking off life support. And that was, I think she said that they were going to do it within a half hour. It's a two-hour drive to Cleveland from my yeah. house. So I knew I wasn't going to make it. So I left work. I went home, took a shower, you know, because I knew I was going to make it. And I was driving to Cleveland, which is a two-hour drive, and I was a total wreck. I mean, I don't cry, but I was pretty close to it. And about halfway there, imagine you your electric stove, the element in your stove. Imagine if someone took that over your head while I was on and just waved it over your body, a, a, a line of heat going through your body and then out your fingertips and out your toes. And that instant, instead of me being a total wreck, should have been driving, I was just the way I am now. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I get to the hospital and I go up and see her husband and I'm like, uh, what's going on? And he's like, well, she hasn't passed yet. And the doctor doesn't know how. They, he says they took off or, you know, they don't actually pull the plug, they stop the medication. Mm-hmm. They actually stopped the medication about an hour ago. And that was the exact same, same time I felt that sensation. Wow. Okay. So I just take it as that is when they just they stopped medication and she was communicating to me 
that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, your husband's like, do you want to go see her? I'm like, yeah. So I walk in the room and she's still alive. I reach down, I touch her hand and some one of the machines starts beeping. And I'm like, oh crap, I stepped on a hose. And the nurse came in and said, no, she just passed. So wow. she actually passed away the second I touched her hand. Okay. And everybody says she waited for him because mm-hmm. they have no clue how she was still actually alive and the heartbeat going with no medication and no, you know, I mean, she was totally on a ventilator, everything. Mm-hmm. So I sit there with her and being the person I am, I'm grabbing her hand, turning her hand to see what it would do. And I'm thinking she'd do the same thing to me, you know, but anyhow, after she passed, we all just sat around for a little bit and I finally did go home and it was probably four in the morning when I left. The next morning I get up and I go to go to her mom's house to pick up some stuff for her mom. And I turn on my car and the radio is on a station that I don't even listen to out of Detroit. Okay. And all of a sudden I hear the REO Speedwagon song come on that she played over and over and over. And <laughs> I mean, she wore out the CD, she wore out the tape with that song that drove me nuts because that's all she ever played. <laughs> so I was like kind of freaked out, you know, how does the radio automatically go to a station that I don't listen to and then the song comes on? Well, since then, I've had so many communications with her through dreams, through going into stores and that song comes on the radio Mm -hmm. or on their PA system. I turn on my, you know, just, and it's not like I'm looking for it. All of a sudden it just happens. Mm -hmm. So I took that as communication from her. And then a few days later after that, I had a dream about her for the first time. And when I first had the dream about her, the first thing I said to her, and you know, being a good friend that I am, I looked at her and said, last time I saw you, you were dead. And we, since then, have had hundreds of dreams where she's communicating with me. I've had dreams of her with her family that have passed. And it's never dreams like, Joe, look under the couch for the lotto ticket or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just comforting dreams, knowing that we communicate, but yet we don't talk. Mm -hmm. Like one of the big things was she was deaf. So she had cochlear implants. Okay, which are is a computer that goes in your brain so that a person that's deaf can hear. Wow! And after she passed, one big thing I remember in the dreams is she never moves her lips. She doesn't talk that way. We talk through you know nonverbal communication, I guess, or I forget what you call it. <laughs> I forget the term. Telepathy. But anyhow, telepathy. Yes. <laughs> so we talk through that, and. Uh, it's just that pushed me into learning more about the ghosty side of it. And then Jen came in one day and said, hey, let's start a podcast. And I'm like, okay. So the next day I got some equipment and the rest is history. Oh, wow. Just like that. So let's start a, a podcast. Long, a long answer to your question. But <laughs> yeah. So since then, I've done a lot of research in after-death communication. Um, I'm working on a book. I, it, it's coming along. I'm, I'm kind of slow about writing. But I'm working on a book about Jackie and about our situation, you know, and oh, nice. all the things that happened since then. And um, 
I've been contacted by people that have the same situations because once you mention it to people, they were like, well, I had the same thing happen. I heard stories from them. I've even heard a story of a woman's daughter passed away and she was always big on talking on the phone. So she was actually buried with her phone in the casket. And the mother to this day says she still gets phone calls from that phone. Sometimes she picks it up, sometimes she doesn't. But when she does pick it up, she just says that it sounds like a very far away sound. She never actually talks to the daughter, but the phone is calling her all the time. <laughs> and I'm still working on permission. Nope, I lost you there. I didn't hear what you said. Um, but I'm still working on permission from that woman to put it in a book. So may, that may end up being in the book. Sorry, I was muted on my end. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I have no idea how. <laughs> um, the, the, reco <laughs> the recording, uh, like, anyways, it's it's fixed now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying uh, when my mom passed, I wish I would have thought of that, burying a phone with her, so maybe she'd yeah. call me. <laughs> it happens a lot more than you think. I was surprised when you know people are starting to contact me about it and the different situation. But a lot of it is dreams. You know, a lot of people have, you know, after death dreams of their loved ones, and it's a very common thing. I have um, a lot of dreams of my mother and one of my uncles who passed uh, many years ago. Uh, he was mm -hmm. uh, one of my, well, yeah, one of my favorite uncles. Uh, we used to do a lot of things together, and you know, uh, uh, so I, I dream a lot about my mother and my, my uncle. So, uh, but mm -hmm. what you had mentioned earlier about uh, communicating without the lips moving, when I dream about them, now that you mentioned that, uh, when yeah. we're speaking in the dreams, lips are not moving. No. And I just realized that. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's just something that I just picked it up, you know, and I try to remember them. I, I never write them down. I should. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of dreams that I can't remember. Mm -hmm. because I didn't write it down, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully my story will get out and help a lot of people, you know, um, help with their grieving or whatever with their loved ones because they can communicate with us. I mean, mm -hmm. we know working in the paranormal field, me and you both know that yep. spirits can communicate in, in several different ways. Yeah, and a lot of times we don't realize that that's what they're trying to do. Like I've said countless times that when people say that cupboard doors are being opened in their kitchen or whatever, or uh, something went flying across the room, a lot of times, and at least in my experience, it's not something that's that's uh, demonic or anything. It's just the in, the entity that's trying to communicate with you is getting frustrated that you're not picking up on yeah. them trying to say hello, I'm here, and then and they get really frustrated. I've, I've mm -hmm. encountered that so many times and once people realize <laughs> oh okay like no you don't need to be afraid it's grandma or whoever uh, once they mm -hmm. realize that and then they kind of open themselves up then they're a little bit more in tune to kind of pick up on what the uh, individuals trying to to communicate so yeah yeah you know and sometimes they communicate with us through others so that we don't get freaked out yeah. I had a situation with my best, my other best friend. I'm saying best friends, but I got a lot of friends. But uh, <laughs> my friend Dana, her mom passed, or her mom's boyfriend passed away hmm. in a plane crash. And he started appearing to all their friends. 
and not to her. Mm-hmm. And she was getting kind of upset about that. And I explained it to my friend Dana that if he was to appear to her, she'd probably be in a psych ward right now because she would freak out so much. He showed himself to others and they communicate to her and got her almost ready for the time that he comes to her. Oh, nice. You know, um, another good example is my dad passed away. I'm sorry. My mom saw, okay, in her house, in between the kitchen and the dining, or the kitchen and the living room, is just a wall, like a divider wall. And she had a little wooden pumpkin on there. And she said that it started bouncing. And she said she stood there for a good 10 minutes and watched this thing bounce. And there's no fans on, you know, all that. No fans, no heater vents, nothing. No no reason for this thing to move. And she's like, I knew it was a sign from him. And I'm like, yeah, because if he would have just pop up and appear in front of you, that would freak you out. (laughs) Probably have a coronary right there. (laughs) Yeah. The spirits just do things that way so that they're not freaking us out. They're not scaring mm-hmm. us because they don't want to scare us. They want to let us know that they're there, but in the way that we can handle it. Some want to scare us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love it when uh, we're investigating, and I'm, I'm sure you've come across this. You ask for a sign, and it happens, and everybody jumps, you know, or yeah. screams. And then yeah. one of us will have to say, we're sorry. We just, we, yes, we did ask for the for a sign, but we didn't expect it to happen so quickly, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's so funny. You scream, and then you, you kind of giggle. <laughs> and there's always that one person that runs out of the room. It's like, wait a minute, you're here to talk to the ghost. <laughs> and when they, they answer you, you run out of the room? Yeah. <laughs> Fight or flight. <laughs> yeah. Even for investigators. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because... Um, People see the TV shows and they think that that's how it happens. You know, everything happens in like 30 minutes. It's awesome. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no. If only. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there all night long to listen for one knock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I have to uh, remind people, too, that for those TV shows, they could be in that same location for two or three days. And then they just edit what didn't yeah. happen and just put, you know, the, the things that are interesting to show. Um, so, yeah, it's... Yeah, I know some of the writers from some of the shows. I mean, I know a lot of the people that are actually in the shows are really great people. Mm-hmm. And if anybody goes up, and, have you been to Michigan Paracon yet? No, I haven't. Get up there. If you want to meet everybody in the shows, go to Michigan Paracon. <laughs> but no, I, I know a lot of them from different conventions and that, and they're really good people. And I was talking to some of the writers for one of the most popular shows. Um, I can't mention which show it is, but the guy has spiky hair and it's haunted. Um, <laughs> But sometimes they'll be on set for months or they'll record and then they'll leave for two or three months and they'll come back and record some more. Ah. And they just, you know, they they have people that take pictures of them so that they know exactly what shirts they are wearing, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, the TV shows are definitely edited down to get all the good stuff. And it's entertainment. You know, it has oh, yeah, to be exactly. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. a business, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. No, I didn't know that uh, they did that for, you know, they would return a few months later. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Huh. Yeah, if you, one little insider, if you're watching the shows, look at the windows. Mm-hmm. And the windows will be like black or have a purple tint to them. Mm-hmm. 
because what they do is they put the sheets, the, the sheen or whatever, over the windows to make mm -hmm. it look like it's either nighttime or make it so that you can't tell if the season has changed. Oh, <laughs> tricky. <laughs> yeah, just one of these, because, you know, a lot of the shows are recorded at nighttime, but lots of times it's not nighttime, it's just blacked out. Mm -hmm. But And it doesn't matter whether it's dark out or light out, nope. you're still going to get responses from the spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, we just we investigate in the dark because it's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, plus other. I mean, obviously, it's less contamination because it's quieter at night and stuff. Exactly. And all that, but, mm -hmm. Less light contamination and and sound, all that good stuff. Yeah. 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 And um, see, you know, like a lot of the places I've investigated during the day, there's people in there. You know, restaurants, mm -hmm. bars, hotels, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's people that are in there mingling around. And it gives us a chance to be in there by ourselves, which is another reason we get into this field. Is we, we get to go to places that nobody else can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get uh, us into some locations here. It's like I keep sending people emails and no one's replying. It's like, really? Oh. Uh, it's frustrating, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, Do just you go ahead as, you know, as the uh, history aspect of it, too, that helps. Oh, yes. I love mm -hmm. that. When I first started investigating, I wanted to find out a little bit more on, you know, get get some answers on why are we getting um, hauntings and, and things like that. And now it's more, I, I like to find out about the historical aspects. Like I still like doing uh, private residences uh, because we mm -hmm. want to try and help people, especially if they have kids. But I'm really into the, um, you know, old museums, uh, old jails, and I just love the old buildings and find out the history. Absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, architect, just, architecture. Oh, man. Oh, I know. And you get to go in and see it up close and without anybody yeah. there, and you can spend the time to actually look at it and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a theater here in Toledo that I go to a lot. I've had a lot of things happen in this theater. It's called mm. the Collingwood Art Theater. Mm -hmm. And it's an old convent. It was originally it was originally a mansion, and the guy that owned it tore down the back of the mansion and built this huge convent on the back of it. So this place is massive. The one night I was just probably three in the morning, I was sitting in the main auditorium all by myself, no lights on, just watching green and red lights just float across the stage. Wow! You know, so visible orbs. Yeah. Um, not the other kind, you know. I got. I do have my orb here. So. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but um, no, I sit in there, and that's some of the things that we get to do as paranormal investigators is going to these places. I was just sitting there, no cameras on, nothing, no recorders, just enjoying the moment, watching mm -hmm. lights going across the stage. You know, um, another location I that I investigated with Haunted Toledo is a church here in town called the historic old St. Pat's Church. And it's like a cathedral. And that was awesome because the priest that was running it tells us, okay, uh, I'll be in the building next door. When you guys are done, just shut this door right here and it'll lock itself. And I'll, you know, I'll come in and turn down the lights in the morning. I'm like, okay. you know, and Didn't want to stay for the investigation? No. Uh-uh. And, huh. um, but we got to investigate in a basically a cathedral nice. with complete I mean it's all the the relics in there you know he, he trusts us enough that 
all the gold chap or chalices, all that's mm -hmm. still there. I mean, it's a working church, and it's very historic. Neat thing about that place is the police and fire department always have their services at that church. Like mm -hmm. once a year, there's a police and fire mass, and they, you know, every time a firefighter or police officer passes away, whether on duty or off duty, they have the services there. So they have on one side of the church, they have the memorial for the police, and on the other side of the church, it's the memorial for the um, fire department. And then in the church also are pictures of the original people that helped open the church and my great great grandparents are one of the people so during the investigation all night long we kept hearing the fire bell ring the little you know the last call bell mm -hmm. that was ringing uh we got evps saying the, the name best which is my mom's maiden name and just stuff like that it was very interesting and That's amazing. Just, like i said it's just another place that we get to go into and see these places by ourselves without anybody else there and just spend the time and enjoy them, you know? Yeah. Now, do you um, get people to sign things before you do the investigation to say that if anything's broken, no one's liable or if anybody gets hurt or anything like that? Because I know some teams do that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the places that we go to now, I consider myself more of a ghost hunter than a paranormal investigator mm -hmm. because I don't take the time to investigate and you know like a true paranormal investigation takes months to mm -hmm. not years so but i'm the type i go in to these places and i'll pay to to ghost hunt or i'll go in with our teams and ghost hunt so a lot of those places always have a sign waivers and that mm -hmm. um, sometimes if we know the people good enough they just you know just go you know but you really they have to cover themselves in case mm -hmm. something does happen yeah you know but like the church and the Colorado Art Center and places like that, we didn't sign anything because we go, you know, well, one thing, the Colorado Art Center, we go there all the time so they know us. Mm -hmm. And two, the church, that was, Toledo, um, or Han Toledo was doing a documentary about the church. So it was like a filming type um, investigation. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to sign anything then, but we did sign a form that says that we cannot talk about what we saw or did until their documentary comes out mm -hmm. even though it hasn't come out yet <laughs> it's been <laughs> like two years oh. get on it you know but um they're a little they're a little slow but they do good work <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating though because you want the, you want it to be done yeah i want to see it i want to yeah. see what the because i know what the footage looked like from my point of view but i want to see what it looked like from the camera's point of view yeah any now, idea do, when it'll be out? No, I don't. No. Too bad. I, I don't. And I think it might even be like a collaboration thing where instead of the, just doing about the church, they're doing about a lot of locations in Toledo. So maybe that's why it's taking so long. I don't know. Maybe. And mm -hmm. maybe COVID put a kibosh on things? It could have, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because none of us could get into places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It uh, seems to be uh, the same story I hear from a lot of people in, in this field. It's uh, We're not investigating nearly as much as we used to, and uh, which is, you know, you, you start seeing people uh, posting on social media. It's, it's like, I wish COVID would end because I really need to go ghost hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a little and not twitchy. not at own house. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't investigate my own house. Um, I've had yeah. uh, lived in a house out in Alberta where uh, the gentleman that lived... It was we bought the house from the widow, and uh, her husband was still in the house. 
and um, I had some friends say, oh, just put a, a, a voice recorder to see if you pick anything up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nope, nope. Yeah. Um, I know he's there. I talked to him sometimes. He messes with the thermostat, and I told him not to. I'm going to get rid of him because <laughs> uh, he doesn't pay the hydro. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and he's heating us out. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just, um, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, lost my lost my breath there for some reason. Uh, but, yeah, I won't, um, I won't investigate my own house. Uh, yeah. I, I'm okay with going other locations. I just feel, I don't know if you feel the same way. It's, um, I feel if I investigate my own, it's only going to uh, increase activity in the house. Yeah. And uh, the rest of my family might not be as comfortable with things <laughs> like that than I am. So I just kind of leave everything alone. Yeah. I, I have not really investigated the house. We've had a lot of things happen here mm -hmm. at my house. Um, this is where our studio is. I actually had a, a photography studio that I turned into the audio studio. Nice. But we did have, like, going back to talking about Jackie, mm -hmm. my best friend that passed away. Yeah. Um, we were sitting here recording one night. And while we, we record, there's been so many things that happened. So many, we, we get so many listeners that contact us and say, I heard an EVP you oh, know, wow. at this time. Yeah. And I mean, we've had things happen. Like, um, But anyways, first off, we were sitting here recording, and I'm on this side of the table, like as you can see me in the camera, and Jen mm -hmm. was at the other side of the table, and we're doing our show, and we were wrapping up the show, and I look up, and in between my living room and my bedroom, and then the hallway leading into this room, it, where the studio is, I basically it's a, the living room, my bedroom, my art gallery, and then this room. I see this blue light go across the hallway. I'm like, just saw a blue light go across the hallway and jen jumps up grabs her phone grabs the spirit box <laughs> and walks over and goes says um we want to know if anybody's here do you know who lives here and clear as day the spirit box blurts out hi joe in jackie's voice oh wow and i should have planned out better i could have played it for you i, I have it on here um but it is a you know, you've heard of Class A EVPs. This is a Class A plus EVP. Wow. It is her voice, mm -hmm. clear as day, saying, hey, Joe. And I played it for Jackie's mom. I'm like, I want you to listen to something. And she has no clue about what we do. You know, I mean, she knows what we do with our podcast and our ghost hunting. But hmm. as far as the gear goes, she doesn't know anything. So all she hears is the spirit box going, ch -ch 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 -ch. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you hear this, hey, Joe. And she turned white. I mean, she's like, that was Jackie. I'm like, yeah, Aww. yep. And stuff happens to us all the time when we're, when we're recording. We were here one night. No, were you recording recording. live that night? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Were you, and, and so the listeners are able to hear it too? No, not that one. Okay. We were just wrapping up the show. And, uh, and what, when we record, we don't do video mm -hmm. when, for a normal podcast. We don't do video. We just do the audio through I have a recorder on the desk here, and then it goes into our mics, and each each mic has a different channel. Mm -hmm. But we're done, basically, and she jumped up when we captured that. But she does have it on recording. I'll send it to you after this. Yeah, please. I might be able yeah. to slip it into when I do the editing. Okay. And um, another time we were recording... I 
didn't have my hand on the computer or nothing. I'm just laying back, you know, talking. And Ave Maria started playing right in the middle of our show. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So I did go back into my computer, mm-hmm. go to our sound bites, because, you know, we have our sound bites that we start the show with, different music. I had to go in there, find Ave Maria, stop it from playing. <laughs> and then um, another one, and I'll send this one to you after also. We did the story about the Greenbrier ghost. Mm-hmm. And what the Greenbrier ghost is, it's the only time in history that we know of where a ghost actually solved her own murder in a court of law. Okay. Yes. Her mother was getting visitation dreams like I did with Jackie. Mm-hmm. And in her dreams, she was getting all the details of this girl's murder. And she brought it up in trial and they actually convicted the guy on testimony from her mother saying that it's testimony from the ghost so we did that show and we were finishing up and we were doing our goodbyes you know and i was telling the audience to go to jen's poshmark page which is her online boutique and you know basically buy some clothes so we can get money for gas you know <laughs> but uh just as i'm saying that all of a sudden an evp came up of a woman screaming and i was like what was that and <laughs> when you listen to it i kind of dorkishly say yeah the the links in the description below and what was that yeah i'm so glad we didn't call it grossed it was a woman screaming and i it only came through on my track but we both heard it and the, the um, listeners heard it also because all th- tracks are recorded together. Mm-hmm. But when I play it back, I isolated just my track and it was only in my track. It wasn't in Jen's track. So it wasn't kind of, it wasn't any kind of electronic noise or anything like that. I mean, I've gone through so much trying to figure it out. Basically, I put it off as a uh, class A EVP of a woman screaming because we were talking about a woman that was murdered. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah. So I don't think stuff I've happens had, all the time. Yeah, I haven't had anyone uh, message me to say that they heard any EVPs during my show, uh, but mm-hmm. I have had a guest. Oh, which one was it? She messaged me and said I didn't uh, pay attention to what time frame it was at, but I thought I heard a little girl's voice, and I've listened okay. to that episode over and over again and and i can't find it so um i'm still listening because i'm really curious and i and i even asked her do you remember what we were talking about you know because that might narrow down where i can actually put my concentration to um Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it's kind of interesting (laughs) i kind of hope it happens someday that a listener say hey (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) yeah so if anybody ever hears any evps or you think you have please let me know. <laughs> yes, definitely. That they will. so interesting. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned it, they're going to be like listening really close, turning up full blastly. Okay, yeah. watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Usually EVPs that happen during our investigations is just my stomach growling anyway. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that super, uh, not supernatural, ah, Saturday Night Live skit uh, where they're doing uh, the most haunted, uh, just a spoof on that. And uh, so they have uh, 
supposed to be David Okora, you know, and mm-hmm. he passed wind. And then the two people behind him are like, did you hear that? And, he's, and he says, no, 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 nothing, nothing. And then the other two people are like, it sounded like Roger. <laughs> so they're, they're, let's play it again, you know, so they rewind the tape and play it again. And it's really him, right? But yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Because <laughs> it's, it's funny right. because I try, whenever I show images or audio to people, I don't tell them what I think I see or hear. I just say, hey, mm-hmm. take a look at this and what, you know, what do you, what do you think it is? Um, because I find if you tell people, it's like, yeah, I think I heard the word Roger, then they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. totally. But uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's the same thing I do. I, if I try to make, you know, a video to put up on YouTube with that, which I don't <clears> do money, many of, but I caught myself doing that where I'm playing it, and as, I, as I'm playing it, I'm putting the words on I'm like, wait a minute, no, I want them to tell me what they hear yeah. so that they can validate what I'm hearing. Hmm. Yeah. That's, the spirit box is a is a it's a good tool, but it's something you really have to learn to use. Definitely. Because you you have to learn to pick up the sounds that you know are either spirit talk or radios, mm-hmm. you know, radio stations, and it's a it's something you just gotta practice with, you know, just like anything else. Yep. I know some investigators who uh, make a little Faraday cage. Uh, which is really just a bag, but and then they put mm-hmm. the um, the spirit box in that, and uh, I've never tried it. It would be interesting to see if because uh, it would eliminate the radio stations. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one of the techniques that I love doing is the Estes method. And if your listeners don't know what that is, you you basically put sound deadening headphones on. What I do is I put I plug in my earbuds into the spirit box put my earbuds in first, then I put the noise canceling headphones over that, mm-hmm. and then I put a blindfold on, and uh-huh. it's base, It's a sensory deprivation, and you can't hear what's going on in the room, but the people that are with you can talk normal, I mean, you just still talk quiet, talk normal, and ask questions, and the person that has the headphones on just says what they hear, and I love doing that. I can, there's been times where I've we were at a restaurant here in Toledo, and I'm sitting there, and it was probably about an hour and a half I was sitting under under the Estes method, and I'm just blurting out words, and I've heard the person's voice or the person's name that I was with a couple of times. Um, I heard the one time I just blurted out, he's coming. Don't know what that was until after we played it back at that exact time. The guy that was with me, Harold, heard, heard footsteps coming up the stairs. That's and I out, he's coming. Yeah. You know? But when you are under the Estes method, what I love about it is it's not only are you hearing the radio frequencies, but if you listen close in the background, I actually hear full on conversations going on in the white noise. Really? And that is what you really want to listen for when you're doing the Estes method is don't you know? Don't so much listen to the the blips that you hear, but you actually start hearing full sentences hmm. if you pay attention and just you know absorb what you're hearing and kind of teach yourself what to listen for. Yeah, you, you know, and we've recorded full sentences from the, from the uh, spirit box too, which is basically impossible because it's sweeping the radio yeah. stations. Yeah, but, it's, the chances of that actually being various radio stations actually putting together words you know to make something 
intelligent, you know, like a yeah. sentence is very slim. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of like with at the house here with the high Joe one. Yeah. I mean, what's the chances of a radio station scanning the exact time right after Jen asked the question for the response to be, hey, Joe? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's not the song, you know? Who's <laughs> that? Um, I forget his name. But, uh, you know, I think it was a Beatles, hey, Joe, you know, but it wasn't that. You'll, when I, I'll play it for you. I'll send it to you so you can hear that. But it's yeah. Just, you'll blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it fascinates me so much, obviously, because I investigate. But it, it mm-hmm. when you ask a question and then you get something, like you get a reply at the, at the moment that you ask the question, that actually fits the question. It's just yeah. so amazing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, and one of the big conversations we've been having in our little circle is the more we learn, the less we know. Mm-hmm. And we basically, now this is going to sound weird, but we basically don't know anything about the paranormal. Yep. If you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. we have experiences like that. Like you just said, you can't do that again. You can't go in there scientifically and prove that you heard that. But yet you have, and you have it on tape. <laughs> yeah. So the big conversation is we really don't know anything about what's going on. We assume and we um, we take a lot of evidence and try to back stuff up. Mm-hmm. But until we're on the other side, we really don't know how the spirits communicate, how they listen to us, how they see us. Um, my friend Miranda does a great thing when she does her investigations. She takes a whiteboard and she'll actually write on the whiteboard a question and she's gotten responses back by that so that she tells me that she they doesn't see us yeah so she doesn't actually read it out loud as she's writing she just no. quietly write that's yeah. fascinating mm-hmm. hmm. so you know one more experiment that we can try mm-hmm. to see how they listen to us because you know you think about when we hear them unless we hear a full sentence we hear just bits and pieces of stuff mm-hmm. and i was thinking well is that how they hear us but we don't know Mm-hmm. And with that, when she told me about it, she's like, because uh, I was watching one of her episodes, I said, you used a whiteboard? And she's like, yeah. And she says, I got a response from that whiteboard as if she read it out loud and heard it back on the EVP, but she didn't. She just wrote it on the board and held up the board. <laughs> I have to try that. So, That's... Yeah. Have you ever tried dousing rods or Morse keys oh, or compasses? All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I use dowsing rods almost every investigation. I I use them also. I clean off grave sites mm-hmm. as a hobby. And I use the dowsing rods to find a lot of the grave sites that I'm looking for also because they're completely under the grass. And I've had huge success with that. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I've never... Dowsing rods are awesome because they've been around for 8,000 years. The spirits know what they are. Mm-hmm. They can manipulate them easily and they, the batteries don't wear out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, spending hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars on batteries, you know, you just opened up a fresh pack and the battery's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're telling the spirits, use the energy, and you're like, not these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess with dousing rods, you don't have to explain, because I don't know if you do this, but we do, we'll explain what our equipment is, you know, uh, because oh, yeah. they might have they might not know what a flashlight is or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, a K2 meter or whatever. So we'll just say this box with the pretty lights, you know, can yeah. you bring it to the green color or, or whatever? Uh, yeah. 
but you don't have to do much explaining with the dosing rods, like you said. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, with the equipment, I always say it's not magic. It's just something we made to communicate with you. It will not hurt you mm-hmm. because you have to remember, too, that depending on the, the age of the spirits, they might only know light as in fire. Mm-hmm. So if you say touch the light, they're not going to touch it because they think it's going to burn them. Yeah. You know, and it's so I always say it's not magic. This is something we made. It's just a tool that we use to communicate with you. And this is how we communicate with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and my style of investigation is I if I'm talking to a little kid, I'll sit down on the floor and talk to him. And, you know, because you have to investigate as if they were standing in front of you because they basically are. And you have to treat them how they would be treated if they were alive and standing in front of you. My past guest, John Moore, used to uh, mention that ghosts are people too, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it, it all depends on what, you, you know, if you're going into a prison and investigating a prison, you're not going to say, oh, please come over and talk to me. You know, you're going to be like, hey, come here and talk to me. Yeah. You know, be a not, little firmer. Not being rude. Not yeah. being, you know, don't Respectful provoke. Respectful but firm. That's oh, one yeah. Thing. Yeah. I never provoke. I never do, nope. never yell. But you're not going to go into a prison and say, oh, well, please come over and talk to me. Sit on the floor. Get here. You know, no, he's just going to be like, hey, <laughs> we want to talk to you. We want to find out your story. Come talk mm-hmm. to us. And vice versa. If it is kids and you know that there are kids there, then, you know, you're like, hey, you want to play? Hey, you know take your trigger items or whatever and mm-hmm. see what happens. Do you carry crystals or anything like that for protection when you do your investigations? I don't. My sister no. does, mm-hmm. but I don't. You know, I, I Pretty much, I try to stay bare bones as possible. I don't carry a lot of equipment. I'll carry my um, K2 meter. I love the K2. It's the first line of communication. Mm-hmm. Then I'll carry a digital recorder, the dowsing rods. And sometimes the obelisk, but I found the obelisk to be, sometimes it just goes off way too much. Mm. If there's a lot of static in the air, or if you touch it too much, it'll go off oh. way too much. Okay. You know, um, I just had a person ask me about a plasma ball. You know, they, they're like, hey, have you ever used a plasma ball to investigate? And I tried it, but the problem with those is they put out EMF. And the one that I have is probably about the same size as my orb. Yep. Just a little four inch one. And I was thinking it'd be great because if the spirits touch, you can see the line where they touch. Mm-hmm. But the they put out so much that that little one that I had put out a five foot radius of EMF. Any wow. equipment that got close to it spiked. Yep. So I don't use it. Yeah. It's too bad. Just, yeah. It'd be, it would be good to use if you could put it in a room and put a camera on it and just leave it alone. Yeah. You know, to see if anything happens, and which is nice, too, because then you can, as you're watching the playback, you can just kind of watch at a different speed until you see something change. Mm-hmm. You know? but, I'm excited yeah. about that plasma ball now. I just, I, I wonder if Try there's it. something... Well, yeah, but I just wonder if there's something that could be invented if if there isn't already anything that's similar to that, but doesn't mm-hmm. uh, interfere with equipment as much. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Any uh, yeah. scientist out there or people who are really good <laughs> at building things, please contact us. <laughs> yeah, we want more equipment. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, got I've always... flat, it's got to be flashy. It's got to have lights on it. And, Great. And it's got to buzz. <laughs> 
I've always said that I wanted to have someone create a pair of glasses that will enable me to see what the, the same way that cats see. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I have cats and dogs, uh, but I find cats are seem to be a little bit more um, in tune with seeing things or sensing things. And I would love to be able to see what they're seeing. So if somebody yeah. could actually uh, invent a pair of glasses that enables us to see what they, that, I think that would be pretty cool. But Yeah. I've heard that, I don't know if this is true, but I heard we were talking to some people and they he said that cats actually see by lines. In their vision, they're, they pretty much don't see like we do. They just see the lines. I don't know what that means, but it tells me that maybe when a spirit is showing themselves, it's interfering with the lines, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Cats are very in tune to spirit. Yeah, they say... Some faiths um, say that's because they're kind of they have a paw in the uh, in, in our world and a paw in the, um, the you know on, on the other side, so they yeah. they can see both sides. So mm-hmm. whether or not that's true, I don't know. Yeah, we don't, and that goes back to what I was saying before. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, like we <laughs> Until we, we assume, get on the other side. Yeah, exactly. We assume that we yeah, that ghosts are energy. And uh, mm-hmm. but we don't really know for sure. It's just something that we we're trying to figure out figure it out. Yeah. But I know mm-hmm. some people get angry when you say that we don't really know a lot about the paranormal yet. And like, well, yeah, sure we do. We get all this evidence. Like, yeah, well, what does the evidence exactly mean? You yeah. know. But oh, yeah, I, I mean, we don't even know where consciousness is yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it's in our body somewhere, but is it is our brain receivers or does the brain it put out consciousness? Or is it even in the brain? We don't know. Mm. <laughs> You're making me really think now. I've got a headache. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. <laughs> I won't send you that, that far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, when I talk to Kat Hobson sometimes, oh my. she She's an interesting lady that uh, sure gets you to think about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you would be able to go anywhere in the world to investigate, do you have a favorite place that's like this is definitely on my bucket list? Um, uh, I don't. I was always thought about Auschwitz. Oh, even though it's evil mm-hmm. and tragic and sad. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I could handle it because if I did start communicating, what would you say? Yeah, you know, but sorry <laughs> for once, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and such tragedy happened there. But other than that, I think Ireland. I think the castles in Ireland. Nice. I'd love to go over there. Mm. Little better I, places to than you know. Yeah, I have heard. I can't remember who it was. It was. Uh, oh, I can't remember who it is. But anyways, this this guy said that uh, it was they were on vacation in germany and they said okay let's go to auschwitz and i want to go see this well this guy he was in they're all in their late teens early 20s and he hadn't learned to develop his um his abilities yet or to shield it properly um but his friends knew that you know he was sensitive so he couldn't get very far in auschwitz he says there's just the Mm -hmm. he was overwhelmed and they literally had to help carry him out like to help him walk out uh once they get once they figured out what was going on because they're like what 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 are you doing are you okay and then he was able to say what he was feeling and everything and then somebody 
kind of clued in and said, oh, okay, this is not the place for you until you can learn how yeah. to shield yourself a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, it would be an inter- interesting place to go, but I just can't imagine the 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 um, emotions that are imprinted there. I just, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, yeah. it, it, it would be way overwhelming. I don't even know if I could yeah. visit it, like I said, because I'm not sensitive at all. I have no, no psychic abilities or that, but just knowing the history. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But I just, I think that it would be an amazing place to investigate on a paranormal level mm-hmm. so that maybe you can help tell some of these people's stories, you know. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you have messages for uh, family members or something, I think that would be very, very interesting to do and maybe uh, give some family some closure a little bit, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't think that would be a place. Like you said, it would be very interesting to go, but I don't think I'd be able to go. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I've always thought that be the ultimate place to check out. But I still think I'd like to go to the castles. I think that be yep. my, if some, like you, like you did ask, you know, one of the places I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, just just looking at the architecture of the castles alone is it would be amazing to see. But to be yeah. able to investigate as well, you know, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. I'd love to yeah. be able to do that. So if anyone's okay. listening, please send Joe and I to Ireland to investigate. Right. <laughs> we would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or Scotland or. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, you know, some of the places here in the states, just I'd love to go to some of the the real popular haunted locations like. Um, St. Augustine Lighthouse, mm-hmm. the, the um, what is it? I can't think of the name of it, but there's a fort down there also, right by the lighthouse. Places like that. Um, Octagon Hall, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Brushy, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. I'd love to go there. You know, just, I, I just want to travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I really wish I had the money to be able to just travel and investigate and Bring friends, you know, have a have a paranormal travel bus and a paranormal travel jet. Go. Hey. <laughs> I'm willing to be sponsored. No. There you go. <laughs> now, you're also into the UFO part. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into the alien part of it and that because I firmly believe that there's life on other planets. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's back in 94 was the first exoplanet ever found. And the exoplanet basically means a planet outside of our solar system. Whether it's inhabited or not, you know, that has nothing to do with it. They just found the planet. Mm -hmm. Since then, they've realized and found that almost every single star you see in the sky has planets around it. So if you look at all the stars out there and all the stars we can't see, Mm They all basically have planets around them. They all are either younger or millions of years older than ours is. So there was time in the universe for life to exist everywhere. You know, uh, there was one thing, Enrique Fermi was sitting around the t- table having dinner with a bunch of other scientists, and he just stood up one day and said, where are they? And they're like, who? He's like, the aliens. At the, the speed that we can travel right now, as many planets and solar systems there are out there, 
they should be here by now. And maybe they are. We don't know. I've met a lot of people that believe that, that they are. I, uh, I met, met a lady some... at one of the UFO conferences that says that there was a reptile there. Oh, wow. I was like, introduce me. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Wow, yeah, but, that would be interesting. No, I firmly believe out of all the paranormal stuff, you know, like ghosts, Bigfoot, aliens, I believe that aliens is the most likely to be out there mm-hmm. just for the fact that the universe is so big and so old that they they have to be there. And whether they come to down and visit us or not, I don't think they would, you know, around this time in our lifetime because of all the stuff that's going on. I think they lock the doors when they fly by. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> you know, I do believe that they've been here in the past. Uh, whether they come all the time or not, I don't know. But I have seen at one of the conferences, one of our other investigators brought some night vision goggles that were military grade night vision goggles. I put them on and I mean, I, I look at the satellites and all that, so I know what the satellites are. I know the patterns mm-hmm. that they go in. But I looked through these night vision goggles, and I swear I saw so much stuff flying around in space that you can't see with the naked eye. Hmm. And it's it was just doing weird things. Like, saw things turning. You know, satellites don't turn. Satellites just go straight across. And if you go out on any night, and stare long enough, you'll see a satellite go over, and then just wait, and you'll see the next one. You'll be able to start seeing what they are. But when I put those goggles on, I, I could see all kinds of things up there. Hmm. And whether it's alien or not, I don't know. I've never actually seen a UFO, but I firmly believe, yeah, that they're out there. And they have visited us in the past. There's a lot of evidence showing that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an anomaly under the sea that if you look up and, um, yeah, there goes my brain again. I can't remember the name <laughs> of it, but there's not, oh, man, I brought it up to you. Now I can't tell you what the name of it is. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, uh, but anyhow, it'll come to you. It looks like a crashed thing, uh, nominal, a crashed vessel under the sea that looks like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Um, the Baltic Sea Anomaly. That's what okay. it's called. So if you get a chance to look that up, you can see it's not a rock formation. And you can actually see where it hit the mountain coming in. And there's a path in the in the bottom of the ocean leading up to it. But it's called the Baltic Sea Anomaly. I'm it's putting amazing. that into my phone to look at after. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. So that that could be a, you know I it could be a, a spaceship we don't know, but it sure is not a natural phenomenon. Hmm. You know, and then uh, just all kinds of stuff all over the world. There's people are seeing UFOs every day. You know, if you look at statistics of you know type in on the computer uh, UFO sightings in 2010 or 2021, they'll come up and you can actually see how many are are listed in there saying that they're seeing UFOs and, and aliens and all that. So I believe in it. <laughs> I really do. The past couple of years, uh, we're hearing uh, a lot more of sightings. And I don't know if it's because of COVID that people have a lot more time on their hands and they're just looking up more or, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe we're having the same amount of sightings. Um, but it just seems to be that it's it's growing right now. But again, I don't know if it's because we're paying more attention now or 
or if there's more activity, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I've heard stories where uh, the reason that people are seeing more is the fact that we're in a pandemic mm -hmm. and you can tell the energy of the earth is changing. Oh, big time, The vibrational yeah. energy of the earth is changing and they can sense that. It was the same thing during wars and stuff like that because mm -hmm. there was a lot of UFO sightings during wars. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of times where the UFOs either actually interacted with the wars, whether they helped or hurt it. Um, there's been accounts where UFO activity over our nuclear bases, where they actually shut the bases off or started the countdown. You know, so there's a lot of different activity. I, I think that maybe, now this is just me saying this, that the vibrations of the earth are changing because everybody's sick, everybody's pissed off basically. Mm -hmm. You know, energy levels are so high that maybe they're picking that up and they're coming to check us out. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. But and I do I do believe like fact, you. Yeah, yeah plus the fact that everybody is stuck at home and with nothing to do, so they look up in the sky or yeah. even in their homes get paranormal activity ramping up because of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the FTV's always been there, but the ghosts are mad because you're home all day and they, they, they can't walk the around themselves. Yeah, they can't walk around naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I believe like you that um during, I, I kind of, how, how can I word this? So, you know how we, when we're uh, researching a certain species of animal and we tag them and then we just kind of monitor them, I really believe that that happens on Earth as well with other beings oh, watching yeah. us, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, out of all of the planets that are out there, like you said, all, when you look at a star, I mean, how can you not think that there's life out there? And life doesn't necessarily mean looking like you and I. Uh, no. it, you know, it, it doesn't even have to have red blood like us. It doesn't have to breathe oxygen like us. Um, but it would be a form of life that we might not even be uh, aware of exist. But yeah, something is watching us. Yeah. And there's so many different things that could happen. Why they don't come here. Mm -hmm. If they don't, you know, I mean, the ones that don't come here. I mean, they could have been a planet, a water planet where they are all fish. Mm -hmm. so they don't get off their planet mm -hmm. um they could be so old that we're boring to them <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know they're so advanced i mean we don't go to a beehive and try to talk to the bees and communicate <laughs> with them and see if they can communicate back to us yeah you know and or they could be a planet where they blew themselves up you know they like nuclear nuclear mm -hmm. war you know one of the big things is when we first started testing nuclear bombs, UFO activity skyrocketed. There was so much more activity, and I think it's to the point where it's almost like Star Trek first contact, yep. where we don't make contact with the people on that planet until they hit warp drive. Mm -hmm. Well, in our case, we figured out how to make the nuclear bomb, which could blow our planet up. Mm -hmm. you know, right now, we have enough hydrogen bombs to blow the whole planet up. And I think that the the um, aliens actually see that and either try to warn us and stop us or, like you said, they're, they're watching us to see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, and who knows, you know, 
our lifespan is basically 100 years. Their lifespan could be 1,000 years. We don't know. So if people say, well, why would they just sit and watch us and not do anything? Well, maybe they are. We're just not noticing because our lifespan is a lot shorter. You know, We look at bugs. We study bugs in the lab that have a lifespan of two or three days. Mm -hmm. To the bug, that's their whole lifetime. To us, it's two or three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to those people who say, why, if they're watching us, why don't they help us? Well, it's probably the same reason why when we're uh, researching animals and we tag them and, and we're watching them, if they're getting in a fight or something, we're not going to stop it. We're just, we want to see, yeah. you know, their their real life. How do they interact with each other and what's going to happen? So um, it might be crazy thinking, but I really believe that. Yeah. And there have been stories where people have been healed by UFO abductions. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are. We don't know. You know, we talk about our guardian angels and all that protecting us. Maybe the UFOs or the aliens protect us in the same way. We don't know. <laughs> maybe the guardian angels are the the aliens. With a, That's true. You, know, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rabbit hole we could go down for hours. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> the, like uh, Cisco Murdoch uh, says, it's the uh, paranormal onion because when you peel one... Uh, one layer there's more layers underneath and it just never ends i mean think about this do alien or aliens see them back in aliens <laughs> do angels kill hmm think about that okay it's an answer that ha- or it's a question that really doesn't have an answer because in the bible they talk about the angels battling the fallen angels or battling yeah. the the dark side so if they're battling are they killing or are they just pushing back? You know, so hmm. I don't know. That's a story I'm trying to talk to my mom about because she's very religious and mm-hmm. she's big into angels. And I asked her that one day and she's like, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. And she hasn't done it yet. So I don't know. You kind of stopped me in my traps with that question. I've never heard anyone ask that question before. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to start asking that to people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you look at the structure as, if you look at angels, the hierarchies and all that, it's almost like an alien race mm-hmm. because different angels do different things and there's different hierarchies of angels. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, hopefully I didn't piss a bunch of people that religious people are going, it's God, it's not, it's not that, you know, but no, it's just, it's thought, you know, it's things to think about. And Definitely. I know I keep saying it, but we won't know till we're there. Yep. And when we are there, we can't communicate with us back here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're trying to communicate with the other side so we can get some of these answers before we have to cross. But <laughs> that's right. Not also to get people's stories, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had also recently heard uh, on another podcast, and I can't even remember where I heard this. It was a little while back, talking about angels and how we always portray them with wings. Um, and someone had said, well... In the written word in the Bible, it doesn't actually say that angels have wings. It just says they fly. So how do we know they're not flying in crafts? And I'm just like, oh, my. This is like (laughs) going down the rabbit hole again. I thought, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And maybe they just started drawing them with wings because back then they didn't really know how to describe things as as well as we can now. And they just see them as they wanted to portray them as flying. And maybe that's how they're doing it. And I thought, wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you're back. You know, on the 
what BC, 2000 BC or whatever you want to say, mm -hmm. and you see an entity and they float up into the sky. Well, mm -hmm. you know, the birds have wings, so they have to have wings. You yeah. know, I didn't see them flapping. Yeah. And I also think that they may do that also as an angelic in the pictures so that it shows that they're angelic. They have, you know, with the wings and the halo and everything. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, the wings aren't big enough to pick them up. In all the pictures, if it, if they yeah. did weigh anything, which we don't know if angels weigh anything or not, but hmm. for the size of the body, the wings are too small. <laughs> but when you look at the bee, technically the bee shouldn't be able yeah, to fly true. too. So yeah, yeah. that's There's true. So many unanswered questions, <laughs> or questions that lead to other. That's right. You know, it's funny. Or maybe the wings and the halo, that is technology that enables them to fly. There's exactly. that's going way out there now. Way exactly. out thinking. The jet pack and the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. But it's it's interesting to see too when you look at um, cave drawings and and things like that, mm -hmm. how some some drawings actually look like spacecraft. You know, yeah. it's like that that's amazing. Aliens, you know, the the um Nazca lines, there's a giant alien. Um, like, like you said, a lot of cave drawings, they all mm -hmm. have, the, you know, and they always say, well, they were primitive, they didn't know how to draw. Well, they can draw the buffalo, they can draw yeah. all this yeah. other stuff. And then they draw a human figure with a giant head with giant eyes. It, you know, they drew what they saw. Yeah. Was that a helmet? And, you know, or like, yeah. I, I don't know. Hmm. We don't know, you know, and, but um, it's just so bizarre that all over the world you see the same drawings. They may be a little different, mm -hmm. but they're all still basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. they're, and they still portray as what we call the grays. You know, small beings, little, the small hands, mm -hmm. long fingers, big head, big eyes, tiny mouth, tiny nose, even the eight, you know, eight to 12,000 year old drawings are the same. The thing about the paranormal that fascinates me the most, and I've said countless times, is it doesn't matter the culture, the religion, whatever. Everybody around the world for centuries all have these stories. Um, they might be known as a different name, but they're pretty much talking about the same thing. Like if you look at cryptids and you talk about Bigfoot in North America, it's Bigfoot mm -hmm. or Sasquatch or Skunk Ape or whatever. Um, you know, Nepal could be um, the Yeti. Um, Australia is the Yawi. Uh, they're pretty much the same thing. Uh, they might mm -hmm. have different um, hair color because of the climate that they're in, but it's like that with humans as well. So it, yeah. that just fascinates me. I mean, everybody can't be wrong. No. There's something. And there's so many stories. There's so many stories of people that see them, you know, are they all lying? They can't be. Yeah. You know, and it goes back, there was a lamp found an oil lamp in what is now japan from eight thousand years ago that had depiction of bigfoot on it oh i hadn't so, heard that wow. yeah so it's going back thousands of years of the same stories of these same you know beasts or same uh humanoid figure that people were seeing back then mm -hmm. and they weren't just giants they had full hair bodies standing upright walking bipedal you know not and and like like i said with the, the cave drawings they knew what they looked like and they could draw what mm. they saw 
it's yeah. not you know, so many people say that the cavemen were so primitive that they their drawings were so childlike like a like a two-year-old drawing I'm like no they were smarter than what you think yeah i think so too yeah and how do we know that twelve thousand years ago before the flood there wasn't more advanced people than us mm -hmm. you know like like um um i forget his name now I, my mind is really mushed tonight i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay um but there's 12,000 years ago, they, were, they believed there was a large flood that wiped everything out. And it corresponds with the same time that Atlantis disappeared. So how do we know that there was such advanced civilization, way more advanced than us, that were there? The floods wiped it out because there was a uh, meteor that hit the Earth mm -hmm. that melted all the ice caps. And this is proven be because of all the, the different cataracts and stuff that are around the world. And you can actually look at maps and actually see where water flew or floated down from up there in Canada to the United States, all that. And they believe that Atlantis sunk the same time as the floods, which were 12,000 years ago. Hmm. And how do we know that they weren't so advanced that they had spaceships or they had flight because even in the Egyptian um, in the Egyptian pyramid or something like that they found a hydrograph with what looks like a boat looks like a helicopter looks like in a spaceship and they say that that is caused by people rewriting over what was already there but why would it come out to look like a helicopter and mm. a boat and a spaceship mm -hmm. as we know it I mean plain as day you can see like the helicopter looks like an apache helicopter oh wow with the same shape of the body mm -hmm. the rotors on top and the tail sticking up hmm. and that was from i believe five thousand years ago in the egyptian you know in one of the egyptian locations and we know that helicopters didn't really they weren't around back then no. <laughs> at least no. that we know of yeah no Wow. You know, and if you ever watch Ancient Aliens, you always see the main character on there, mm -hmm. Giorgio, the guy with the hair. Um, if you ever look, he's on his pin, it looks like a little airplane. Ah. And what that is, is they were doing a dig somewhere in Egypt, and they actually found this trinket, you want to say. And they, everybody said, no, that's a bird. But it had the, the swept wings, the triangular-shaped swept wings on the the front and the back. And then it had the center section that looked like a plane. And that was found in Egypt 5,000 hmm. years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. So how do we know that they didn't have flying machines or jets or in that? We don't know. Or really funky-looking birds. <laughs> yeah. And enough time has passed where if it was, it's been decayed away. Mm -hmm. so, I'm going to have to pay attention to that pin. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, next time you see the show, look on his lapel. He always wears it. Hmm. And they did a show about it. I don't know which episode it was, but they talked about that. And they also found a wooden, they called it a toy, and they said it was a bird. 
But the problem is, it did look like a bird. It had the, the, the face of a bird. Mm-hmm. But the wings were on top. Okay, and they were straight across. And then in the back, instead of the... There's no birds that have the tails that go vertical. They're always horizontal. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in this, it had a tail, which was horizontal, not vertical. And they actually did a study where they made a, a model, put it in a wind tunnel, and they said that it could fly. So wow. and that was a toy. They call it a toy that they found mm-hmm. in Egypt from around 5,000 years ago, I'll say. Makes so, it really I mean, the, want to... the evidence is there that that they had more sophisticated equipment than we know about. Makes you want to just time travel and find out all these answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do we know that the aliens are not the time travelers from the future coming back to watch us? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's been mentioned several times by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I mean, what what better vacation if yeah. you you know thousand or million years in the future than well, let's let's go back to 2020 and see the world. Yeah, see and the kids are like, I don't want to go to 2020 again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a teenager, I remember I used to subscribe to this um, uh, magazine called, uh, so there was like Science 80, Science 81, so like 1982, 83, they changed it every year. And I remember reading an article saying that they found, uh, so that they would have a clip uh, just little mini stories in the in the beginning of the magazine about interesting things that were happening around the world and discoveries. And there was this one discovery. They found the remains of a man and a woman. They were human in a cave, and it looked like they had, they had been living there. But the problem was when they did the carbon dating, it was right around the same time as dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. as they're like, humans and dinosaurs didn't live together, so they were speculating that this was um, they were time travelers. Um, and they said more to come on in future issue. Uh, sorry, future issues. I've never seen any story. They never continued the story. I've been googling it for years to try and find out if there was more. It almost makes me feel like there was, but they hushed it up, or I, I don't know. It was so. It was so fascinating, and I thought I can't wait till the next issue. And I checked the next issue. Okay, well maybe it'll be in the next issue. And I did that for years, and then finally they just uh, stopped publishing the magazine and I'm like son of a biscuit I never found out and that's the one yeah. article the, the one story out of all the, the the entire magazine life that I was fascinated by and it's the only one that I actually remember reading and I've never found out any more information and it really bothers me yeah I mean wouldn't that suck you finally get to go on your time traveling vacation let's go look at the dinosaurs <laughs> and you get stepped on or yeah you get stuck in a cave and then yeah. <laughs> a million years later, we find the skeleton, and you're like, where did they come from? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then the magazine it? writes about it and doesn't finish the article. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, and, and I actually did think, well, maybe there was a lot more to it, but they had to put it under the, the, the carpet type thing so people wouldn't find out more information about it. But there's people like me who remember. So if anybody's yeah. out there ever know if, if you – look. I'm getting tongue-tied tonight, too. If anybody's out there who actually knows about the story that I was talking about, if you've read that, please let me know. And uh, most importantly, if you know of any further writings about it, uh, discoveries, talks about it, um, it's something that's just ingrained in my brain, and I want to know. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the hammer that they found embedded in stone. Mm. 
It was actually a big hammer. And they say that it was, I mean, you can see pictures of it online, but they say that they found this somewhere and the stone has actually molded itself around the ham handle and the hammer. Um, there was a, they say they found a cell phone, which I don't know, <laughs> but it sure looks like a cell phone to me, but you know, things like that and screw mechanisms and bolts and stuff. Yeah. And, um, there was one where, you know how in Europe, the electrical plugs are different than yep. over here. Mm -hmm. They're actually a circle with three line, three plugs. They found something like that in stone, you know, so who knows, you know? Is it somebody's hoax or did like, yeah. Yeah. Did the time traveler drop his cell phone back then? <laughs> yeah. Of course, why would they have cell phones? You know? Happened to have <laughs> been so on them. They could time travel. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> Maybe the device that they're holding is what enables them to time travel. Who knows? That's true. And it's a cell yeah. phone. Uh-huh. I mean, our phones <laughs> do all kinds of things. Why not? I know. Like what I jokingly say, well, not jokingly say, but if you look at a Radio Shack catalog from many years ago, pretty mm -hmm. much everything they sold in the, in the catalog is in our hands in one yeah. device, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. So who knows? You ever see that Charlie Chaplin movie where the woman is walking past a tiger? It's a circus thing. She's walking past and they all say that she's talking to her cell phone. Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, okay, if she had a cell phone back then, if she was a time traveler and she went back to the 19, what is it, 20s or 30s, she wouldn't have reception anyway, so why would she have it up to her ear? <laughs> you know? Well, have you ever watched Doctor Who? No. Uh, you know you know what Doctor Who is, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they Wherever they travel in time and space, their cell phones, he did something and it's hooked up to the TARDIS, uh, his spacecraft and they can use their cell phones anywhere, anytime, any place, you know, so maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe that's where they got it from. Maybe. That could be where the TV show got their idea from. Yeah. Oh my God. We're going down the rabbit holes <laughs> some more. <laughs> Blast you, Joe. <laughs> I know. I'm screwing up your whole show. <laughs> no, you're not screwing it up at all. It's fascinating. <laughs> So if you were able to see, um, actually have an experience with an alien, would you would you jump on board and say, hey, yeah, I'd like to go and fly away with you? Probably depending yeah. on the type of alien it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, that would it, be amazing. It'd be the, it'd be the um, chance of a lifetime. No kidding. Yeah. When um, I come back, may... Uh, get some medical procedures that you weren't expecting, but you know, <laughs> still be an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd like, I'm still waiting for my Android body right now because mine's falling apart. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they can fix that. That's true. Yeah. Take me up tonight and fix everything. <laughs> um, have you ever had any encounters with cryptids or anything, or do you have a fascination, have a favorite one? I've never had, never had any, any type of you know things happen with cryptids i've had things happen with ghosts of course mm -hmm. different things that happen but um we've gone out on some bigfoot adventures mm -hmm. I've, I've gone in the woods and did a few bigfoot things but never really got anything um i'm big into bigfoot of course but 
never really had anything happen. Uh, we've had sounds and that, but there again, you don't really know what that is. You know, you're out in the woods and you're tree banging and stuff. Who's to say that if you're tree banging, the Bigfoot is over there going, oh, the other Bigfoot's warning me to get away. Yeah. You know, but, and heard strange noises in the woods. But then again, I'm not familiar with coyote sounds. I'm not familiar with different animal sounds well enough that I can say, no, that's not what that was. That wasn't actually a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. So not really, not so much with cryptids. Now, with ghosts, and I've had a lot of things happening on different investigations, but nothing with cryptids. I do believe in Bigfoot, but um, I'm also a skeptic. Things like if you're out in the woods and you're doing tree knocks and you hear one, how do we know it's not another human down there thinking? That's, they're communi- yeah. communicating with a Bigfoot, but it's really two humans, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's just not enough proof, but people who uh, research this are like, no, you can tell. It's like, well, I've never done it, so I don't know, but that's just that's where my thing. mind goes. I have to mm-hmm. um, not necessarily debunk things, but I have to try and think on different levels of what things could possibly be. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, when we were out there, we heard screams, you know, we heard noises and that, but you got to remember, too, we're on the woods at night. Hmm. I don't know all the sounds that the animals make. Um, I mean, if you've ever heard a rabbit scream, you'll think that the devil is coming out of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's just I can't be certain that that's what we heard because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, people that are going out doing Bigfoot adventures, it's the same thing. We have no clue about them. We know, you know, like Dr. Meldrum and people like that know a lot about about the creatures and mm-hmm. like Ken Gerhard, they know a lot about the creatures because that's what they think, you know, their research has told them, mm-hmm. you know, not being negative or anything like that. I'm just saying the same thing is we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. until we can positively say, yes, this is a Bigfoot standing right next to me. This is what he does. We don't know. I mean, people are out there knocking on trees. You hear wood knocks in the woods and by Bigfoot, that could be a, a warning sign saying, get away from me, get away from me. Mm-hmm. And here we are knocking back going, come here. You know? yeah. I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. And I feel, now I do believe that Bigfoot exists. Mm-hmm. What form they that they live in, I don't know. Because if they are coming down from spaceships or if they are, interdimensional why do they leave evidence why did they leave footprints why do they leave hairs mm-hmm. you know if they're interdimensional they could walk through a tree instead of knocking it over you know 20 feet up or seven feet up why would they leave footprints so i think in my mind that bigfoot exists but it is a flesh and blood creature and it's the population is just so small that we can't find them yet mm-hmm. you know up to, I think it was 84, we didn't even know that there was a certain gorilla that lived. And then they found this gorilla, and they've been around for hundreds of years. Yep. they just never seen them. And I think it's the same thing with Bigfoot. I, I believe that if you're out in the woods and there's Bigfoot around, they know you're there a long time before oh, you yeah. know they're there. Yeah. Because it's the same thing with dogs. Their senses are so much better than ours. I feel that 
if Bigfoot is real, they're like that. I feel that they sense us around them and smell us and all that before we even know they're around. And they live in the woods. They know how to hide. They know how to camouflage. Um, I've heard people, I've interviewed a lot of people about Bigfoot, and I've heard everything from they live in tunnels or caves to they you, they call them stunk, the skunk apes because they smell so bad. Mm-hmm. That's because they're always underground or they're rolling around with trying to get that scent on them so that it either scares off other predators, you know, even though they're seven feet tall. <laughs> Plus. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, they feel that, that that smell is their way of repelling humans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I just feel that if they do exist, they're a flesh and blood creature. The population, like Ken Gerhard and me were talking, and he said that he believes that worldwide there's a thousand of them right now oh wow because and even i believe that if they are a flesh and blood creature they may be so old you know their metabolic rates mm. might be so slow where they might live 500 years mm-hmm. to compare to us so they know the knowledge they have the experience of the woods they live long enough to where they don't breed as much because you very rarely do you see children. I mean, there have been pictures mm-hmm. of mothers and child and that, but how do we know that they grow so slow that those children are, are children for 15 or 20 years and then they become adults? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You That's know, interesting. And, I never thought of mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. And I've talked to people, like I interviewed one girl that carried on her dad's legacy of of hunting with Bigfoot. She told me that she visits with a Bigfoot every day. And she says that he lives in a cave and she'll go on top of that cave and he'll know that she's there and he pounds on the roof and then she he comes out and talks to her basically. Hmm. And I'm like I you know, I interview a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people. I will never say, No, you're wrong because I don't know. How do I know that she is not communicating, sitting there talking to what she called the big man? And if I go up from there and say, no, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, come with me. And she shows me this thing. I'll be like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But on the other hand, I think if that's the case, and I've talked to a lot of people that say that they communicate with Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. If that was the case, they'd be millionaires. They'd be billionaires. They'd be the biggest thing in the news because they have the opportunity to prove to the world that Bigfoot exists. Yeah. And they're not. They're telling stories about it, but show proof. You know, show us that you are actually doing that. But like I said, I cannot say, no, I don't believe you. Like I just say, okay, mm-hmm. you know, someday I may know. But. What? Has she described the, when you said that he comes out of the cave and, and talks to her, did she ever describe the language? Was it like, because some people uh, say it sounds like samurais, you know, the samurai. Yeah. Was it anything yeah. like that, do you know? She says that it was um, more of a grunting, mm-hmm. more of a grunting communication, because we're trying to communicate, like, okay, let's say I'm her looking at the, <laughs> or looking at the Bigfoot. I can't just say, so what's your name? Mm-hmm. 
you yeah. know, you have to do sign language and you have to try, even with sign language, you try to figure out what he thinks you're saying. So when I asked her that, she says, no, we just communicate with hand signs and grunts. She kind of picks up on what a grunt means or what a tone means or that. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, she could just be blowing smoke up my butt. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I can't say to in my heart, I can't say you're lying to me and all that's bull crap, mm -hmm. you know, because it could be, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, I get a lot of people asking me if I believe my guests and I say, I don't need to believe my guests. They've experienced mm -hmm. something and they're sharing it with me and the yeah. listeners, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I don't even, I don't even go there. Like, like you said, I can say you're totally out to lunch, but they legit did have that experience. But who are we to say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had people talk to me and say that they talk to angels every day and that they, they're they the one that communicates with the spirit. When someone passes, they come to him to cross over. Mm -hmm. And who am I to say, no, you're wrong. You don't do that. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I die, all of a sudden I see him, I'm going to be like... You're right. You're right, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> exactly. And well. I think that's why people come to people like me and you and tell their stories because they know that we're open-minded enough and we're mm -hmm. compassionate enough that we will listen. Yes, exactly. You know, there's so many times at conventions because me and Jen, we do... Let's see, before COVID, we were doing two to three conventions a month. And wow. Yeah, we travel a lot mm -hmm. in the first few years. Um, we kind of scaled back a little bit because we're doing other projects. But mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times people come up to us at conventions and say, I've never told anybody this before. But, mm -hmm. and they do that because you're at the conventions, you're, you're open to that. And that's why we're there. We're there to talk to people. We're mm -hmm. there to hear, hear their stories. And it's a, it's an open forum for them, and they know that they're not going to be ridiculed. It's a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, even, you know, as we go out, I, I always wear my shirts with the 222 Paranormal Podcast on, and people will come up and go, who's that? And I said, well, we do a paranormal talk show because we always, I always say talk show because a lot of people don't know what podcasts are. I know. You know, and I said, well, I do a paranormal talk show. And they're like, oh, paranormal. I don't believe in that stuff. But you know what happened one time? Yeah, there was this one <laughs> you know? time. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> people like us hear that all the time. Like, yeah, I don't, mm -hmm. it's a load of rubbish. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I think yeah. it's because people are afraid to open up and they don't want to seem like they're crazy. Um, exactly. Although the paranormal world is, is opening up and a lot more people are a lot more open-minded now. It's easier to talk about it, but there's still a little bit of that stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Even with, uh, I, I get a lot of grief from religious people. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lady one time, we were doing a, an event in Whitmore Lake, Michigan, and she came up and she's I don't believe in that. I'm a Christian. I'm like, okay. All right. Hmm. I'm like, okay. So what do you mean by that? Well, I believe in Jesus. Like, okay. So do you believe in Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit? And she's like, 
well, yeah, but I don't believe in that paranormal stuff. <laughs> I'm like, don't you realize? Every religion is based in the belief in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And the paranormal is just not ghosts or demons. It's everything. Oh, yeah. It's other than normal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I find a lot of people who are uh, very religious don't like to hear that. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, sorry. I mean, th- you call them miracles, but they're it's paranormal. If you really yeah. step back, if you take the religion out of it and just step back... Uh, you know, I was raised French Roman Catholic, but I always had these questions growing up. You know, it's like, well, why is this have that's that's really weird. Like, and the, the Padres would just say it's it's miracles, miracles. And then as I got yeah. older, I started realizing, okay, maybe there is something with religion and paranormal. Um, you know, there you can't have these miracles without, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And one of the things. Um, your listener, if they want to check out my show, um, we did a show, two of them. Couple, the the second one was a couple weeks ago, probably four or five weeks ago, with my mom, and then we also did one with her, probably a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the episode numbers, so, but anyways, she is very very religious. And she doesn't believe in the paranormal aspect of it. Okay. But she has seen so many things. And she has a, a photo album of all these pictures mm-hmm. of apparitions and miracles. Um, things like the blood and the, you know, they, in the Catholic Church they call it the host. Yep. But that she actually has pictures of that where it turned into flesh. And it was tested, and they found out that it was human flesh because it's the blood and body of Christ. Mm-hmm. She actually saw it change from the white wafer to the blood and the flesh of Jesus. And she got a picture of it. Okay. And then she also took a picture of a crucifix, just a standard crucifix, at one of these locations that she goes to. Mm-hmm. Just like when we go, son. <laughs> She took a picture of this, and the picture that turned out was a glass crucifix of Jesus with every wound that he had. And she has that picture. You look at it, and you're like, well, what is this? It's a picture of Jesus with all the the uh, blood all over him. And she's like, no, that was actually just a wooden crucifix without Jesus on it. And the picture Holy. turned out so. It's the same thing. We take these pictures, and we see apparitions. Mm-hmm. Um, she has pictures of a at a healing mass she took a picture of the priest and in the picture you can see mary as an apparition that's amazing so i'm like ma this is the same thing but it's yeah. in the religious aspect instead of the ghosty aspect mm-hmm. and yeah that's one of the things i cherish of hers that she has on it's underneath the the tv right now at her house mm-hmm. it's her little little uh book of photos and they're actual photos they're not digital photos so mm-hmm. actually she had a little 110 With camera film. that she used okay yeah mm-hmm. wow and she got all these pictures of apparitions of you know visions miracles in this book hmm. and i'm like ma it's the same thing you know it's the same thing with <laughs> yeah we take pictures when we're ghost hunting and we see you know we may see an apparition in a picture of that so Religion and quote, quote, the paranormal is the same thing. It's just different yeah. aspects of it. 
My mother was yeah. extremely religious. She had her prayer beads. She prayed every day, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very, very religious. But she also acknowledged the paranormal. And she would say, uh, she was very open-minded. And she would say, um, you know, not everything is, is evil in the paranormal. Yeah. And I'm like, thank mm -hmm. you. Like, I, yeah. you know, and like I said, she was extremely religious. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many times where people say, whenever you hear paranormal, it's demons. Mm -hmm. It's like no, no, no. It's not. The orb is not a demon. Okay, <laughs> it's just a piece of dust. In the camp. No. <laughs> well, some but orbs are real, think, but you know, when you say it's, when you say you study the paranormal, they think you're demonologist. You know, so, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Actually, that's an aspect of the paranormal I do not want to investigate. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to demons, I know other people who handle the extreme cases, and they mm -hmm. are my cavalry. If um, we're, we're lucky enough that we our team hasn't really encountered anything uh, evil like that, uh, but if we ever do, we have archbishops that we know, we have sisters, we have people, uh, everyday well not everyday people, but people that just mm -hmm. uh, deal with those extreme cases that I don't want to have anything to do with, and I really don't know. Yeah. You know, I I have so much more respect for these people. Because I have to say, it terrifies me. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't run into that yet. Yeah. Because, like I said, I, <clears throat> I'm not really like a paranormal investigator. I'm mm. more of a ghost hunter. Yeah. You know, I don't put myself in the... I, I don't do investigations at people's homes and that unless it's... Uh, I did one over the winter last year. Um, it was a friend's mom. She was worried because her cats wouldn't come in the house. And she's, you know, I think she was a Wiccan or something like that. So mm -hmm. she knows all this. And her cats would go up to the door and not even farther. And she mm -hmm. knew that something was in that house. And we yeah. did we did investigate. But I didn't do it by myself. I did it with the team mm -hmm. that invited me there. So luckily I haven't ran into anything like that where anything that evil where we'd have to call in a priest or something has happened. Yep. I've had a couple of past guests uh, approach me, well, message me, and they were having uh, some issues in their house that required uh, a padre. So I contacted mm -hmm. uh, some archb an archbishop friend of mine, and uh, they were able to help uh, help help the people. But it's like, yeah, I don't do this, but I do know people, so I'll, I will direct you to them if it's okay, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, so much respect for people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yeah. I've never seen it in person, never seen an exorcism in person, mm. but I've heard so many stories. <laughs> and I mean, I've seen the TV, but yeah, TV, yeah. but um, I've heard so many stories. And my mom even said a few times about exorcisms. I'm like, Ma, you're talking about exorcisms <laughs> and the things that go on, you know. Mm. But, yeah, luckily I haven't ran into that, and ho hopefully I don't. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> wow, it's been over an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll, I think we'll call it here. Um, All right. But if you'd like to tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, um, best place is to go to our website, 222paranormal.com. Um, that's where you can find out where we're at. We're, our show is everywhere. If you wherever you listen to your podcast from, just type in two 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 paranormal podcast and it will pop up. Um, if you do, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Knocks the numbers up. Um, 
other than that, yeah, our Facebook page, 222 Paranormal Podcast on Facebook. Um, I'd like to plug my new page. Uh, my Joe Sturridge page I, is not really active yet, but I started a new Facebook page called The Year of Profit. Mm. I'm actually a life coach and a um, Ramsey certified financial coach now. And I've started the year of profit, so if anyone wants to check that out, please do. Other than that, best way is 222paranormal.com. Okay. And as usual, I will be adding the sh into the show notes the links so it's easier for people to find. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciated uh, this. We touched on a lot of stuff today. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I it just was went fun. all these different no, rabbit holes. But. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it happens. You know, the, mm -hmm. the paranormal, uh, I used to think it was just ghosts. And then I realized, no, it's not just ghosts. It could be aliens, uh, you know, cryptids, uh, Mandela effect, you know, mm -hmm. uh, anything. Uh, so it, there's mm -hmm. a lot of, lot of doors that you can open when it comes to the paranormal, that's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I'm glad we got to do it, and uh, me too. Hopefully, we'll do it again. Definitely, yes. If you're willing, I am as well. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.